The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There has been a, 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 sur- a surprising revelation from U.S. President Donald Trump. It came yesterday when he announced he is taking uh, a malaria drug. You know it. It's called hydrochloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. There, I've said it a hundred times, but I couldn't get it out right then. To protect against the coronavirus, this despite warnings from his own government that it should only be administered for COVID-19 in a hospital or research setting due to potentially fatal side effects. Hydroxychloroquine. When? Right now, yeah. Yeah, when? A couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right, I'm not going to get hurt by it. He says he's been taking it for about a week and a half now. It comes after a staffer tested positive for COVID-19, and he spent weeks pushing the drug as a potential cure uh, for COVID-19. With more on this, we're joined by Global News Washington Bureau producer Reggie Cicchini. Reggie, welcome back to the show. Good afternoon. Okay, now um, this drug has the potential to cause significant side effects in some patients um, and has not been shown to combat the new coronavirus. So how shocking was this revelation in Washington? Well, I mean, look, it, it, it's it's shocking in a way that the president is, is taking this drug as a style of prophylaxis to try and stave off any kind of effects of COVID-19, despite the fact that there's no evidence that that is what this drug can do. Uh, it is not surprising in the fact that this is the president who has kind of prided himself on, on being and passing legislation for right to try uh, and who has consistently used the message, what do you have to lose uh. when you're taking this medication? even though we understand from numerous studies, you could ultimately lose your life. Yeah, and there are some concerns uh, from a number of people that are worried uh, about the president's health while taking this because um, there there have been some side effects associated with heart issues, and we know that the the president does have a minor heart issue. Yeah, the president uh, suffers from a very common form of heart disease. The president also has high cholesterol, so he's taking Crestor to lower that, and there is uh, the potential for an injury increased risk uh, risk when you're mixing something like hydroxychloroquine and the medication he's taking for his blood pressure that could potentially lead Mm. to nerve damage. So this is a health concern uh, for, uh, or this is rather a concern for the health community around uh, the country. It's a concern for congressional lawmakers who uh, look to the president for leadership, but it's also a concern because there are so many people in the U.S. who simply follow the president at his word, and there's a fear that American lives could be put at risk. Well, and there were, um, when he first started talking about it, and when you know, we started first reporting on it as well. We heard some of those stories uh, that people were confusing it maybe with something else or they found it. And there were some some really bad outcomes, Reggie. There, there were, and look, this is a president who has already been widely panned and criticized for the comments that he made about potentially using bleach to disinfect the inside of the body to get rid of coronavirus or to inject UVA light into your body. And this led to calls to poison control centers because people followed what the president said. Now, he said at the time he didn't take responsibility for that. There's no telling right now what's going to happen if somebody goes out to take this drug and has some kind of medical issue for it, whether or not the president will take responsibility today he simply said uh, that this is a, a personal and individual choice and he's doing it because he feels it's right for him, even though it goes against his own Food and Drug Administration's advice. Okay, and so where did he get it from? 
Well, that's the big question right now. There was a vaguely written uh, note from the White House physician yesterday saying that he had had a discussion with the president about uh, about the drug, saying that the benefits uh, outweighed the risk. But nowhere in that center in that statement does it say that there was a prescription drafted for the president. Uh, and given the president's uh, health conditions right now and his age and his weight, uh, we spoke with a health expert today who said that it would be shocking that any doctor would actually prescribe this to the president. So there are a number of unanswered questions it's also worth pointing out we don't know for sure mm. if trump is actually taking this yeah. pill we're simply taking him at his word okay reggie uh, want to get an update on what the covid 19 situation is in the united states right now last numbers that i checked just a short time ago i think there's about 1.5 million cases across the country more than 92,000 people have died in the u.s the reopening is happening in number of states others are taking a uh, a little bit more of a, a tighter uh, plan they're they're going a little bit slower can you give us an idea of, of what it looks like across the country right now yeah look it is a uh, wide uh, inconsistency when it comes to this grand reopening happening across the country all 50 states are in some form or another of allowing businesses to get into either a phased or a full-fledged reopen uh, but and that's despite the fact that there are still a growing number of cases around the country there's still an average daily caseload uh, from coast to coast of more than 20 in sometimes 22,000 uh, infections that are being discovered every single day and there are still a number of states in the process of reopening like Maryland right next to DC uh, they posted more than 1700 cases yesterday <laughs> Virginia right next to DC more than a thousand cases yesterday so it goes to show that even though it is a phased and gradual reopening in some places that risk for spread is still incredibly high what is going on with testing in the United States we hear the the the, the president saying that they're doing a, a, a huge amount of testing and then I hear otherwise can you can you clarify that for us so testing is still uh, an issue. It is still not widespread across the country. There are numerous kind of rapid response tests that you can get. Uh, it's happening inside the White House now using these 15-minute Abbott tests. But a lot of times people are getting false negatives or false mm -hmm. positives, and you have to have these tests over and over. Uh, states simply don't have a supply to be able to carry out the sheer number of tests that are needed. There is federal funding heading to states that will allow them to test 2% of their populations. But health experts say you need to have roughly mm. 10 million tests a day, if not a week, to get to a safe space and it's simply not happening across the u.s you also have conflicting messaging from the president saying anybody can get a test if they want one and the people who lead the test say well we're still only wanting to mm. test those who present symptoms what is happening in new york state we know that that was a real hot spot are things getting better there Things are getting uh, better, uh, better rather, by the day. Their case numbers are going down. Their death numbers are going down. Uh, they're down below roughly 150 deaths a day now, which is significantly less from when they were in the thousands. They're still posting roughly 1,000 cases a day. But because it's been such a significant decline over the last few weeks, Governor Cuomo has allowed for a phased reopening across okay. parts of uh, western New York and upstate New York. New York City, which is still an epicenter, still posting high numbers. Uh, it is not likely to reopen sometime until the beginning of June. Reggie Chiquita joining me this afternoon a global news washington bureau producer we're taking a look at covid 19 in uh, the united states now i know that the u.s president um today threatening again to permanently cut off u.s funding for the world health organization over its handling of the covid 19 pandemic um tweeted out a, a letter uh, a while back uh, outlining a, a number of things that it wants to see happen can you expand on that a bit 
Yeah, so look, the president is is angry with the World Health Organization, saying that they're too closely intertwined with the Chinese government and that they dropped the ball at the very beginning uh, of this outbreak uh, to stop it from spreading around the world and to stop it from hitting the United States. Always worth remembering here that the United States is the number one uh, hotspot in the world for COVID cases, and some of that lies on the shoulders of the Trump administration for acting too slowly. So this is a little bit of a blame game uh, to deflect uh, from the shortcomings of the Trump administration onto another agency. It is worth noting that the World Health Organization does uh, come under criticism for uh, having some areas that it needs to improve on, but globally there is a consensus here that the WHO does do uh, significant work, particularly in developing nations, to stop and slow the threat of disease and infection. But the president says that if they do not uh, kind of uh, you know get their act in gear and, and change their ruling and change their ways within a 30-day time frame, he's threatening to pull their mm-hmm. funding and their membership and that would be, you know, a 15% reduction to WHO's budget. So th- this is a, this is a big threat from the president right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. We'll see what happens here in the in the days and weeks ahead. Just before I let you go, Reggie, I wanted to ask you about those reports that uh, U.S. presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden saying that he would cancel the presidential permit for Keystone XL. Of course, you can believe that got everyone up here in Alberta sitting up and taking notice. Um, what do you know on the, on that front? Has there been any more? Uh, well, look, this is something that uh, is not surprising for anybody who has followed the career of Joe Biden when he was the sitting vice president in the Obama administration. He stood by Barack Obama uh, when this, uh, when when uh, Keystone was essentially a lightning rod inside the administration. It took them seven years huh. to make the ruling that they were going to delay, uh, going to deny it, uh, and said today that if he wins, he would stand in the White House and he would again rip up that permit. He says that it shouldn't have gone forward in the first place. He says the president uh, right now, Donald Trump, uh, is actually actively working to gut regulatory uh, conditions around the country, which is why he's pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord, uh, which is why he believes that he's given a green light to Keystone. Uh, And Biden simply saying, look, there is still too much environmental impact that is a possibility when you have this kind of a pipeline, when you have leaks in North Dakota uh, that could potentially damage the environment in and around it. Understandably, this is a big deal for people in Alberta. Uh, but Joe Biden also has a very big following and a big sway and a big lead right now in the polls. Uh, so this could be something that becomes a contentious matter between Western uh, governors, uh, between people in the energy industry, uh, and what could potentially be a President Biden. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, uh, Reggie, want to thank you for that. We'll be following that one closely. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Reggie Cicchini joining us from Washington this afternoon. So uh, a couple of things there that I want to expand upon. I I know a lot of you... not thrilled with the World Health Organization uh, as well. And, and I, you heard me ask uh, Reggie uh, the fact that um, President Trump threatening to permanently cut off all U.S. funding. And, and you heard him say it's like 15% of their, their funding. So this would be huge. Um, he said, he tweeted a letter saying that the only way forward is um, that it can actually demonstrate independence from China. Um, he says um, he alleges that there's mis- there were missteps about how the agency responded to the virus. Um, he says that the WHO helped China conceal the extent of the virus from the U.S. and gave it bad advice. And um, and I know a number of you feel the same way. There's been, there's been a lot of talk about that. The prime minister was asked about it this afternoon. He he was asked about the government's support for the WHO. And he said Ottawa still supports it, but said he knows that there needs to be improvements to the organization. Take a listen. 
Canada is a member of international organizations like the WHO because we expect to receive accurate and timely information that enables us to make decisions on the actions we need to take to keep Canadians safe. But if the WHO doesn't validate and verify that information that they share with member states, it puts us all at risk. Over the weekend, the International Development Minister said that it's not the WHO's responsibility to question the information provided by China in this pandemic. Right from day one, Canada has made bad decisions based on bad information from the WHO. The crisis is not over. Is the government continuing to trust without verifying the information from the WHO? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, Canadians well know that this is uh, a global crisis that is hitting uh, locally in every country around the world, and we need uh, strong global institutions to be able to counter this. And that is why we continue to support the work of the WHO. However, as we go through this, uh, it is clear clear that there will need to be improvements uh, to the WHO, to the international institutions that serve us, and Canada will be there as we have been there uh, in asking questions and demanding answers. Well, and I know that a lot of you want tougher questions asked and, and more answers uh, to, to come forth. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on that one. Sorry about the uh, audio quality on that, quip, on that clip.